Right, this Airlegger episode is brought to you by Entech, the leading mining engineering, geology, geotechnical, and ventilation consultant with offices in Perth, Melbourne, Vancouver, Toronto, possibly expanding further globally to all known mining districts. Probably not Russia, though. Give them a follow on LinkedIn. Check out the website, entechmining.com.au, or you can even personally message any Entech employee on LinkedIn because to ensure all external inquiries are answered with the utmost of urgency, Entech have an office policy that allows mobile phones to be used in the toilet to answer any customer requests. That is Customer Service 101, ladies and gents, and they're obviously a great supporter of Life of Mine. So, first bit of housekeeping for today. Anyone that's not a patron yet, check out the Podbean app, follow Life of Mine on the app and become a patron, or go to my Instagram, Linktree, link, head in there, there's a link to sign up there. Got a heap of jumbo tutorial episodes, shitloads of funny yarns, highly recommend it all the episodes in there are even better than this one check it out and if you don't mind please head over to youtube subscribe to life of mine and hit the like button for all the videos helps me get the channel out there and grow it and i've also restocked the stickers on the life of mine shop lifemindpodcast.com forward slash shop or you can go through the Facebook shop, or you can even go through the link tree in the Instagram bio. Check out the bloody link tree. Everything is in there. Link tree, Instagram. Click bloody follow that bastard too. There's new shirts coming. Watch out for them. All the existing shirts are cheap as fuck if you want to grab one. Free shipping, afterpay, and zip is available. Righto, for this air legger yarn, I've got Eric Cowan absolute ripper of a bloke can tell a story he has a shitload of a mind all over australia lots in north queensland a bit overseas he's got plenty of punch-up stories we all love a good punch-up between air leggers and air leggers against charters towers ringers etc so plenty of laughs in this one you're gonna absolutely love it he's a true air legger Full video episode and video highlights are available on the Life of Mine YouTube channel. Head over, check it out, like the bloody thing, subscribe. You're going to love it. Let's get into it. That's it, ready to go. Right, I'm in bloody true air leg of spirit here. I've got the bloody, I've got the, he's bought me a King Brown. I'm, I'm even having a dart. <laughs> well, no, first darts on television. Well, all my uncles were air leggers. I'm still it. sort of quit, so it's like, whatever. <laughs> At the end of the day, you'd always see him, you know, King Brown, like a, you know, capstan friggin' tins. Bloody, uh, oh, tins, is that the tins that had the tobacco on that? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I'll better drink this before yeah. she gets warm. You want to hold out? I don't think I've got a stubby cool to fit, mate. Piss in. Have a look at the size of the bloody thing. Oi. Thanks for having me up in a uh, bloody thriving Jarrow, mate. This is my first time in Jarrow. Really? It took you to get me up here. 
Oh, you're mad. You're bloody mad. Eh? I've come all the way to visit bloody me. Oh, yeah, how good is it? Oh, no. I just said to the missus, she's like, well, what are you doing after you? And I said, oh, from having a roast and yeah. having a drink. She's yeah, bloody duck, holiday. Duck across the pub, bloody uh, old take, drag the boat out, mate. Go and catch a couple of bloody jewies or something. Hey, not that I'm trying to be coughing my guts up after this. Don't go smoking. Put it out if you don't. This is a legitimate cigarette. Trust me, it's not an old school, not a proper air leg of cigarette. It's got a filter in it. I only ever had that happen once. I that was with a guy called um, Chris Bargy. Oh, what was a steak and the ingredients? No, they like they used to get around with a bloody half a patch of tobacco, half a patch of bloody mole, and I working with him there and um, (laughs) asked him for a smoke, and he rolled one up, and yeah, sure enough, like sat me on my ass, he just propped me up in the corners. You say there, young fella. <laughs> was this underground? That was underground. Man, man, it was, um, only ever happened twice. Oh, yeah, good's that. Yeah. Right, so we better go back to the. We'll just go back to the start. We'll do what I did with uh, Mickey Rat, buddy. He, each mine site's got its own bloody story. Oh, definitely, man. Yeah, highlight story. Yeah. I'm sure it's got no. some have got bloody more than others, but. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like to start with me poem, Matt. Told me uh, mates. Oh, is that the one oh, that yeah, you did, yeah. mate? Yeah. Miners, mothers, and mean motherfuckers. They could muck for two miners and mine for two muckers. They were mean motherfuckers, eh? Collar a hole on a doorknob, bore a lifter in a sack of marbles, even timber dirty water if they had to. They were mean mother truckers. Yeah, and oh, it does go on, but I can't remember the rest of it off the top of my head. <laughs> and then there's dark as a dungeon, damp as the dew, where the dangers are doubled and the pleasures are few. <laughs> uh, Greg Smith told me those at um, Conclurry is an old tin miner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. shaft sinking. I'll have to, uh, we'll have to write them down. Yeah, right. Right. easy enough to remember those ones. There isn't too many mining poems in the industry, are you? you don't hear of too many. No, you don't, do no, you? Not really. No, for the there's a lot of sad ones, or you know, songs and ballads. You know, places falling in and all that kind of shit. Big John and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, Mickey Nolan is a guy you'd want to pay tribute to. He actually um, he wrote a song. Um, he's an air leg, a gimpy air leg miner. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was down in uh, Woods Point with him, and uh, yeah, he uh, he's got a he's got one on YouTube called The Silver Lady. We should play it a bit later. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. Well, yeah, speaking of stuff to play, I have got um before we uh oh, this would be a good um a good segue to what's a segue? I don't know. It's just I'd, you know those words you don't know the meaning of, but they you know they're the right time to use it. Oh, okay, it's one. It's one of them. Like, like segue. <laughs> <laughs> See, something like that. Like well, I actually, I, I actually did get a um, some someone sent a question in to you. There is a few questions to go through, but here was here was one. Ask Eric. The time of working at Burner Car and he snatched it, decided to grab his shit and walk, walk to wherever. Didn't get picked up. Walk for ages, killed his feet, had to get a police report put out looking for him. It was quite impressive. Ah, that's um, Tucker. <laughs> courtesy of David uh, Tucker yeah. Media Centre. It was a <laughs> stupid, stupid bloody... Uh, well, it wasn't stupid. Like, if if I ever had money or time, well, you need time and money and all that kind of stuff, I, I could think I could walk across Australia, like follow the old prospecting paths or whatever. But like time scum. Yeah. Not for us, mate. Just a nice steady trip across the Oz, looking <laughs> looking for minerals and gold and all that. But yeah, that was a that was a pretty stupid move on my behalf. I'd actually, what had happened? What happened? Okay, so I'd bored into Bunakara was all broken, close to the surface, sort of dirt. And Up I bought Mekathara way, isn't it? Yeah, the, between Mekathara and Q. Yeah, and um, yeah, so I bought out this cut, and it was just muddy, 
gravelly sand kind of thing. Like it was only three cuts and breakthrough. Anyway, so bought out a cut, charge her up, let her go, come back down and like it just frozen. But there was ampho in the face, tails, and you know, like when you rise, you have no real option, but it was it was a second cut up actually. And there was only three cuts breakthrough. So I ran a 10-footer up, broke through. You're not supposed to bore in the face with bloody, you know, misfires or mm. you know, frozen face, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes you don't have any choice. And uh, sure enough, got a breakthrough straight up about two metres. So there should have been a metre of a three-metre steel sticking out somewhere. But I could not find this breakthrough. Otherwise, it would have been bored out and let go, you know, like yeah. as you do. And... Um, yeah, so I searched the level above, searched drive, couldn't find this bloody breakthrough of this rise. So anyway, I wasn't too popular up there. There was a lot of strong miners. I'd just come in, you know, new guy, RR breaking good dirt. You know, like people think you're there to take the job or whatever. And um, anyway, so I was like, shit. So I think it was on afternoon shift. So, yeah, I was on afternoon shift. So I reported it to the manager and I said, well, look, I've got a cut down there. It, um, it's frozen up put a breakthrough steel up, couldn't find the bloody breakthrough and I haven't fired it because I don't know where the breakthrough is. I need survey to go down there, pick it up, find out where this bloody breakthrough is. Anyway, <laughs> shift boss on day shift, he didn't he didn't go too much on me. And, uh, yeah, so sure enough, he's got gone stuck his head up there and, he, of course, there's this – I chopped everything off the best I could, dug it out the screwdrivers, cleaned it up, made sure, you know, there was no caps or anything like that and they all checked all the ending non-Ls and yep. whatever and there was no no explosives there and everything had gone off and just frozen. And, um, yeah, and so they said, look, yeah, Stewie, <laughs> you're going to be dismissed, mate, eh? Like, uh, uh. I was like, but can you go down and finish the cut? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, of course, yeah. No one else would want to go and finish yeah. that one. No, it's got explosives. <laughs> They're going to get sacked too. Right, right. And uh, he said, this is where your breakthrough is. It was actually, you know, Come through on a wind run, there's a big pile of buddy dirt there, and yeah, just couldn't see it. I listened for it, couldn't hear it, couldn't see it. Anyway, so I was like, uh, yeah, no worries at all. Anyway, you know, it's 3 30 in the afternoon, four o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, so you know, I thought, I'm not going to go and bore this cut out and be dismissed in the bloody morning. I was like, ah, stuff, you crack the shits as I do, you know, like, get a bit hot headed sometimes. <laughs> so I said to the boys, I stuffed this, I'm going. Eh? It's like, hey, where are you going? I said, I all right. So, uh, yeah, packed up my bag, didn't have much, grabbed the bloody, uh, Couple of one litre water bottles, a bit of fruit, a couple of sandwiches. <laughs> uh, uh, hit the frog and toad. Like it's a, uh, it's about, I think it's about 40 or 50k out to the main road. Got to lift out the Oh, gate. shit, right. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, 30, 40k anyway. And then, then, then we got to the road and thought, oh, you know, just grab a lift. But of course, you know, seven, eight o'clock at night. I'll say you walked 40k's. I walked close to 95k. I got picked up about 10k's outside of Q by some roaming judge or. Yeah, some judge that was going from one town to the next. Yeah, jumped in with me, but then I had to report. <laughs> there was a report out for me to missing person. Missing report. person. Oh, not missing person. I actually had wrote a note to the mine manager. Um, I can't think of his name, but yeah, and told him what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> threw, it, threw, threw it on his desk, and yeah, so walked all. Actually, it was it was the stupidest but best thing that ever happened to me because that was the night that I actually, well, the next day I actually met Parone again after 20 years of being apart. Yeah. So I walked off this mine site, blistered my feet, reported to the police, bloody A, give a truck driver 100 bucks to drive me to Perth. Jumped on a bloody, uh, so I got to Perth, jumped on a train, headed straight into the city because I was heading over to Fremantle, my brother's place, but stopped into a bar to have a bloody um, 
beer. And my, miss, my lane sitting at the bar. She's still got her, her wedding rings on and still got the same last name. So we just started chatting on about, you know, 20 years gone by, or where we'd been for 20 years. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> Crazy night. Um, now, yeah, bar shut. Both your said send. Let's go a bit. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we went back to her place and they said, oh, you know, if I stay here, this is only going to lead to trouble. And she goes, I don't mind a bit of trouble. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here three, we are today. Uh, yeah, three weeks later, I was in bloody um, uh, Italy with her. So, yeah. Yeah, good, shocking story, but good story. Yeah, so. Oh, there you go. Like yeah, most of my stories. Mm, most of my stories always end up with a pretty good ending. Uh, <laughs> blessed, blessed with good fortune, I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there you bloody go. So I haven't got too many um, stories about Bernard Carroll. That's about the only one, like, and that's a pretty mild one for my stories, eh? Oh, um, we, we can bloody, uh, oh, you can you can increase the intensity as we go along. Oh, not so much. That is, it actually went, it was intense to start with. So my first mining job, well, funnily enough, I'd always been mining like my stepfather. He had a small show out at Orobanda that I'm sure he only started just to keep us kids out of town. How we used to have to our hand, we mined with an electric kanga, um, fracture or dynamite, and bloody um, uh, hand, hand, me and my brother used to hand windless the dirt to the surface. Yeah. And then after school. Um, Is that just north of Care? North of Care? Yeah, broad area, Orbanda area, um, yeah. Mount Vetter Station. We had a small mine out there, and I was the best fun. I used to spend every weekend out there. Yeah. I say when the grandfather died out there. But um, then we. And then after school later on, because I knew a little bit, oh, I had to shovel dirt anyway. <laughs> you don't take much to shovel dirt. I used to actually work for an old prospector that had a small mine behind Bunnings. And uh, I used to shovel all his dirt about three times for him. He used to take, you know, 44, like most of us take 44 a week in the dirt. So yeah. he'd shovel a 44 of dirt. And then um, I was an apprentice in the mines, KMA, KLV. And uh, that's where I met the first Peters, like Chaffer's Shaft. Well, so we used to look after, as an apprentice in the mines, you, um, we looked after Lakeview, um, Perseverance, Chaffer's. It didn't have too much to do with Mount Charlotte. It used to go down there occasionally, but um, we weren't allowed to underground until our, uh, we'd completed our second year. So third year, we actually got to get down the hole. And uh, that's where I met Peter Moore, who ended up, um, yeah, kicking me in the arse. And, yeah, so I have a lot of Peters in my life that... Uh, <laughs> What, what year was this? When was this? That would have been 1988, 89, yeah, 88. Yeah, because 89 I was cutting the Blair Portal. That's how I tend to go back to where we were. And uh, I remember cutting all the letters out back to front on that Blair Portal to uh, Blair 1989, stuck that up there as the first job as I come out of my apprenticeship. Yeah. But there was another job before that I actually deferred in my third year, or starting my fourth, I deferred my apprenticeship to go over to Conquery, Queensland. Now that's the craziest story that, uh, and the great one of the greatest adventures I'd ever ever been on. Eh? Yeah, we left. Um, never been outside of well, Kalgoorlie, Jerrold, and Perth was our, as far as I'd ever gone, or Kalgoorlie, Lee, Nora, and Perth. And um, Ray Keane and Jeff Donaldson had a small mining company called Integra Mining, and uh, the bloke that went over the miner that went over them with them, he got bashed by the locals for, or, yeah, got got into a dolly and um, they put him in hospital. Over there, uh, for misbehaving in town or something, I don't know the full story, so I won't go there. Um, but they asked me if I'd go over there and drive the air winch for them because they, they knew what I could do and what I couldn't. So <laughs> that was crazy, eh? Like, so you're like, about 20, 20 years old, ah, uh, no, not even. I think I was about 19, 19, yeah, yeah 19, I guess, because oh, I was still in the apprenticeship, 18, 19, and um, yeah, I'd been married, so you're yeah, 19. Um, 
you got the big brown suitcase, your luggage like first time out, you know, Perth Airport, <laughs> Brisbane. They like didn't know where the hell I was going. It was just all amazing. So then I had to catch a plane from Brisbane to Mount Isa and I had to make my way, get on a bus from Mount Isa to Conclurry. But the whole thing was a disaster because I landed in Mount Isa and a couple of birds had hit the plane on the way over and we couldn't open the door and it was about 50 degrees on the tarmac. Like I was just amazed. Like everything in Queensland's a big age, eh? just like especially when you're 18, never been anywhere. So I got off the plane and went into a Went into a pub there looking to where to catch the bus from or caught a taxi. They were supposed to meet me there, I think, but it all got muddled up and I had to get on a bus to get out to Conquery. Walked into a pub and over there the pubs were still segregated. There was a Blacks pub and a White's pub. And I walked into, of course, walked straight into the Blacks pub, like more my style. <laughs> Bloody, um, they're in there with 10-gallon heads and the Aboriginals over there are like nothing compared to ones in West Australia. They're all, you know, really big men, you know. Anyway, so I walked in there, realised where I was and went to walk out again and um, it all... Well, aren't we good enough to drink with? I was like, ah, oh, give me a midi. Right <laughs> <laughs> there and then, well, yeah, I was catching a bus that afternoon, so got out to, uh, no, it actually must have been the next morning because, yeah, I had a, a wild night. I think I might have slept in the creek there somewhere. <laughs> got on a bus the next morning here at Concurry, and it's only an hour and a half up the road. And um, so went into the, had to go to the post office hotel, or one of the hotels there anyway. So I walked in there with my big brown suitcase on those stupid bloody vinyl suitcases. And, uh, yeah, so I'm sitting there having a beer, waiting. I might have been having a squash probably, and uh, waiting for Ray Keane or um, someone to come and grab me. Anyway, these three really big girls come in there, eh? like Mary Ann Lawrence was the name, or Mary Ann Lawrence, something like that. And they sit like this little little nook corner area, and they sit right in front of it. They go, hey, hello, bloke. G'day. <laughs> hey, where are you from? I said, oh, Kalgoorlie. What are you doing over here? I said, oh, I'll come over and do a bit of mining at this Gilded Rose with Ray. Ah, what do you want to do that for? I said, oh, just, it's just a job. Can, hey, we have a thing over here called Question Time. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, we've got to ask you a question. You've got to answer them honestly. Hey, other like, bad things could happen to you. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, man, what's going on here? Anyway, she reckons, hey, so names what's your name i reckon i eric she reckons, and you're from kalgoorlie i reckon yeah it's shit old she reckons something <laughs> and she reckons oh um what'd she ask you she goes you ever sniff your sister's undies I was like, Fuck <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah you look like one of those blokes hey eh? you look like that one i was like no i never done nothing like that eh? anyway anyway she lifts the skirt up and she goes would you get into a bit of this i was like oh you know she's got these big bloomers on like yeah i said no hey i gotta go she reckoned you're going nowhere right hey? sit down there you're you're staying right where you are I'm like, no i'm gonna meet some blokes she reckons stay where you are you're not going anywhere and i said no excuse me i'm trying to squeeze past them sit down they reckon <laughs> yeah, it was uh, pretty scary and even after that it didn't end there so they finally let me know that they were I was I was coming with them and they got this tiny, you know those little yellow Hiluxes that you used to get? Of course, three big girls and I'm on a mattress in the back with a forty four gallon drum of diesel. This is that exaggeration now. So like Conquery, Conquery. Nine years of age, like three big girls, well wild girls. I mean just like big girls. They were just mad, these girls. They were like funny, but yeah, crazy. So I'd throw my mass suitcase in the back of the ute and we're heading out to this place called Gilded Rose just outside of Concurry. Anyway, halfway along there, like I start smelling this smoke and feeling a bit of heat in the mattress. So lift up, oh, stupid bugger, lifted the mattress and this mattress is just going fucking far up in flames. Eh? It's like, holy shit. So I'm climbing, climbing over the roof of the car, banging on the roof and like, well, you know, back's on fire and 
throw the mattress out and of course there's diesel everywhere in the back of you the bloody back of you and so I smothered I lost my eyebrows and bloody dash and it was the craziest adventure I'd ever been on <laughs> and even then it didn't stop there so and this is my first mining job ever outside of Kalgoorlie <laughs> so we're there for about a month or two and thinking like because I'm a timberman uh well carpenter um, you know, we're sinking the shaft down and advancing our 1.2 a day or, you know, 1.5 a day. Horrible, horrible hard country. And uh, in copper, chasing, uh, doing a bog sample with an ore lifter. But anyway, so, yeah, it's definitely 1989, uh, 88, because there's actually a plaque on the bridge over there. So I'm sitting there as a hoist driver and I see the whole horizon just turning brown. I mean, like, you see it on postcards and all that kind of stuff, but... You know, like there's goannas and kangaroos and emus going past the little shaft that we're doing. And I was like, what the hell's going on in here? And this brown cloud's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, uh, yeah, it was a rainstorm hit. So a couple of days before, it was 54.7 degrees in the shade sitting out there under this bloody tarp driving this hoist. And, um, yeah, then this uh, metre of rain hit. Like, yeah, and we got the boys out of the shaft and, uh, yeah, Ray and... Um, Oh, Les Frechet was his name, and uh, we were running up to the bloody uh, dongers, and uh, next minute our dongers were floating around. And, uh, oh, shit. Yeah, but it was all. <laughs> we ended up in Townsville for the – oh, they ended up flying us out or helicoptering us out and trying to get Marianne on this helicopter, and it was just like crazy. Eh? It was just like oh, – So where you, when, when they took you on the little joyride, how did you then – when was the point where you got picked up to go to work? Was Or were they mm. – <laughs> were they, they, I'll go No, they she, was, the she was a camp cook. Oh, so they, they, yeah, they actually took us to work, Matt. Yeah, so oh, they were actually right, they took right, me right. out to the mine. But oh, it was well, you like got abducted was, there for a minute. Well, we yeah. sort of did. Well, it wasn't yeah. like being abducted. Eh? They were pretty bloody. Uh, they were pretty wild women. Eh? She she ended up going to jail. I should I don't know if, I don't know the truth of this. I shouldn't say too much, but but I did hear when we back went back later on to the Ernest Henry shaft sink and that um, that she had actually gone to jail for cutting. You know, I'm not 100 percent sure, but. Yeah, hurting some bloke. Done, done a few years jail. Yeah, she was mad, eh? Oh. Oh, good, good fun, great fun, local girl. Yeah. Jeez, there you go, there you go. Yeah, you know, they're they're uh, it's bloody hard living over like North Queensland. They're bloody tough pricks over there. They are, mate. They're yeah. the toughest breed in the country. Like Tasmanians are the toughest miners. Like anyone that can work out minus ten and walk yeah. across that continent, they're definitely tough. But the Queensland, as far North Queensland men, the cowboys, ringers, and all that kind of stuff, they're just. Fair income, they just hard, God, yeah, just hard, you know. Like anyone that wrestles bulls and does all that kind of stuff, they know how to handle themselves. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got, got touched up quite a few times. <laughs> yeah. Who's all, who all talking to you know, air legger Bob Anderson, yeah, well, really, yeah, one yeah, of the best mates, yeah, big, like, yeah, yeah, he was up at Paulson's. He said, he, he says, Oh, he says, I've been in some blues, but. The when I worked in North Queensland, oh, them cow, them ringers and that, they'll never. Met people that can punch so hard. Like oh, yeah. Just yeah tough as yeah. anything he reckons. He's, he could take a couple of punches. Oh, too. shit. He wouldn't <laughs> hurt Bob. I mean, well, I lived, oh, funnily enough, I lived with Bob in Charters Towers and he picked me up off the street a couple of times and they like dollied up. And like, silly <laughs> oh, because you wouldn't be able to shut your mouth either, would you? you would oh, you didn't even have to open your mouth over there, right? If you were sitting at a bar and someone looked across and you even glanced, eh? Like, yeah, and usually small, tiny blokes, they just, they just love to punch on, man, eh? Like, you didn't have to have a reason. It didn't, was, you know, it's not like West Australia where you're either playing pull or chatting up someone's messes. Yeah. Over there, it was just like, look the wrong way or have the wrong clothes on or something like that. She's on, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, no shit, man, eh? It was, uh, that Charters Tower, this is probably one of the toughest places I've seen, like, just for full-on punch-ups, like, just maniac, just... Yeah. You know, blow for blow, and they don't stop it. You know, just 
You know, they go for hours and they'll get up and have a beer with you or whatever. It's just like, just good fun for them, eh? <laughs> that's yeah. half of them come in just to, that's their release, it? It is, yeah. 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 Been out in the station for a month, you know, or been out, you know, rousing or whatever it is for a month or two. Come out bloody 30, 30 schooners and a few fights and yeah, good weekend. Up, yeah, pick up bloody shield if they can. <laughs> No, usually that's the I got in trouble. I usually take them off before they got there. <laughs> <laughs> Go <Go-day>, love. <them. laughs> well, how long do you live up in um do around the North Queensland area? I've done most of my mining in Queensland, Matt. I so yeah. I've done a lot over here. So I've done my apprenticeship in Blair, Mount Everton away, you know, like um but most of my Queensland was um Charters Towers, um Concurry, you know, Mount Isa, no, Gympie, done a lot of years in Gympie, and then up and down the east coast, you know, I've mined yeah, everywhere down the East Coast, Victoria, bloody New South, all that kind of stuff. So Always for a contractor, rising something like that. Wait, so when did you, what was your pathway onto the air leg? When did you get on the air leg after your um, little joy ride and, oh, well, and when all I, that at your first gig? Yeah, so my first gig, I'll come back and I actually worked for um, Dave Moroni, Doyle Mining. Um, he was a Frenchman and I was actually, because I'd come back to finish my apprenticeship after Conclury and I was just like shaft sinking, just driving a hoist and getting explosives down and all that. Come back and... Um, Done a bit of work on Dave Maroney's house, and he was doing my mining French um, bloke tied up with Ashok and all that. And uh, they got the contract to cut the portal at Blair um, Blair Nickel Mine. So done a bit of work on his house, and he said, oh, I told him I was a former carpenter and all that. Where's, where's Blair Nickel Mine again? Um, behind, uh, between Camboda and Calgary, heading out towards Mount Munger Way. So uh, you go yeah. out in like 45 one of those roads out there. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah so. Yeah. Yeah, went out there, um, done, met some fantastic guys out there, Blas, Joey Thumblet, and um, uh, a couple of good guys. And uh, that was the first time I'd actually even picked up a machine. Or so all my mining beforehand was electric kangaroo or, you know, like um, shaft sinking. I didn't, you know, I was only driving a hoist there. So went out there and we cut the uh, portal handheld and I'd done all the formwork, steel sets and all that. And uh, down to the first uh, shaft, uh, first ventilation rise, and then out to Camboda, uh, foster shaft. Um, we actually learned to be organised and uh, we used to grease, keep all the maintenance on foster shaft and uh, Mount Edwards went away, just small portals, like small jobs, you know, working for Dave. Anyway, um, yeah, then, then my father died or whatever, not a few months off and um, that's when I went up to Bellevue with, um, with actually Anstra Mining, that was Gary Mays' um, mining company at Bellevue. He's... Um, he was working for Burncut, like manager or something like that. I'm not sure how it worked. But I went up there as a hoist driver, driving a gig gig rise for um, Jamie Duff, Byron Parker, Mickey Fitzgerald and myself. And uh, we used to do, they were doing small internal winds from the shaft to the um, decline, I think it was. And, uh, yeah, and going to and from that shaft one day was my first fatality underground. Um, Kenny Buller had been, he was in a stoke just up from us. And uh, yeah, so he, um, we went up for lunch and come back, and uh, we got a wave that he was actually um, uh, squashed under a big rock about half size of this table, actually. And we lifted the, they boys lifted the rock and we dragged him out from underneath him. And then um, after that, they'd finished the rise. And I asked Maisie, I asked Gary, I was like, um, Gary, any chance of going rise mining? And I think he choked, they were laughing. I said, Look, if I can't get him to cut a shift, I'll uh, hop on a truck and I'll never ever ask again. And uh, yeah, give me a crack. <laughs> it was uh i think i got to spend two or three shifts with a bloke called dave monaghan champion bloke good bloke and um then i was on my own so yeah i had a 40 meter b 
basalt rise and I'd never really picked up a machine before. So it's like <laughs> hard. So this building oh. just hard as fuck. Yeah. Man, it wasn't hard. Well, it was hard. It was really, as I learned later, it was really, really hard ground. But I didn't know any different or anything yeah. better. All I know was that, um, yeah, I sat down the bottom of that rise and cried a couple of times. <laughs> eh? It was just like, <laughs> yeah. you used to have these two pegs. You mark up your face and had everyone giving me advice, you know, like do this and do that and check this out and how you had ladders. And I had, you know, gone up there with Dave. So, yeah, but anyway, she was a battle. But I got through it. But I used to be first down the hole, last to leave. And, uh, yeah, finally. But even then, it still took me, I reckon, at least six or seven years before I was confident enough to say that I could drop two or three cuts a shift. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. It was a hard, it was a hard going. Yeah. How long did you do out of Bellevue? Uh, a bit over, we would have been close to 18 months. Elton's took over the contract from us, but, um, <laughs> That was crazy. Bellevue was mad, man. And it was my introduction to mining because like what I had earned previously as an apprentice carpenter with my wife and, you know, like living the, you know, like living the apprenticeship life in uh, Kalgoorlie, married nearly like $300, $420 a week, whatever. I went up to Bellevue and uh, once I'd done those rises and all that, they put me with a stoke miner and uh, basically I was getting 50% of a miner's rate, you know, like half, half his rate was my job to a trainee miner. And um, yeah, I was earning that a day, you know, like $350 to $420 a day in hand. It was like, oh, my God. Yeah, Which so is what, like nine, early 1990s? Like, yeah, so it was, Commodore yeah. would have been, what, 20 grand or something? Oh, like, yeah, but we bugger all. didn't even get to look at that. Eh? It was just like um, this piss and party. Eh? It was just like, <laughs> holy shit. Because yeah, I'd left my wife by then and uh, we'd gone our separate ways kind of and uh, – um, yeah, so our weekend, so we used to work eight-hour shifts and, uh, yeah, so there was plenty of time for drinking and uh, every third weekend we would be on some crazy adventure down to Kalgoorlie or Thursday afternoon or knock-off Friday morning to uh, drive across the Perth, you know, from Bellevue, which is a straight, you know, 10-hour drive, but we'd get there, you know, 10 o'clock at night straight into the clubs. And <laughs> oh, I never, Jesus Christ, Funnily it. enough, I had never, ever been into a – big night you know nightclub either you know yeah, like yeah. it was it was um yeah, it was crazy so that's where i met peter mcfilmy or macca or brother mac he um so we drove down from bellevue with uh richard babbick and victoria and um here we're going straight to these bloody nightclubs and took my first pill that i ever ever bloody had and um <laughs> It was it was just ridiculous. It was just like, oh my god! Oh, that's god. that's Macca Macca. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he yeah. he he still says he says I'll, I'll give him his first bloody trip or something. He's never been the same since. <laughs> oh, I was never the same, Matty. Yeah, it was like uh, it was. Um, oh, so was he wasn't working with you. You bet he'd been birth. No, no, he was working with us up there. He, oh, he actually had the coffee shop in Leinster then, but then he came out to work at um, Bellevue with us. Yeah, so yeah. it must have happened all about the same time because I never remember meeting him at the coffee shop once. And then we were all out to Bellevue, and the blokes out of Bellevue were just brilliant. Eh? There was, you know, it was like little Tasmania, all the Tasmanians over there, and um, oh, tough, hard boys. Eh? Everyone was into it. Um, yeah, a couple of sad stories out there, you know, like uh, other than um, Kenny Buller, that was terrible. It was actually shocking, but. Um, Dots, he was an old miner. He um, come unstuck out. He didn't die. He ended up blowing a blood vessel. And um, but in between all that, it was it was just a great, great community. Eh? Like so, the best party I'd ever been, to, and still to this day, probably one of the best parties I'd ever been to was uh, Julie and Mick Peckham had brought the Sandstone Pub, 
And uh, so and they sent an invite out to every mine within Cooey of uh, Sandstone. So, yeah. you know, Magnet Boys across there and Bellevue, a few from Leinster. And, you know, we're basically, they come from everywhere, man. I know that. And that pub and whole street was that jam-packed, eh? Like Mick had brought bloody um, oh, skimpies up from over there, drugs from the coast, bloody hell, oh, mad uh, live <laughs> band, eh? And you couldn't get into the pub. I think they ran out of... Beer pretty early, and they had to duck. It. Someone, a couple of boys, jumped in the uh, in the Utes to duck across the magnet to go and get more bloody piss because we were trying to pug and cry. Eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I was mad. Eh? It was great, but even um, but even those people like uh, Julie and Mick. You know, Julie used to walk around that camp and make crayfish pizzas. You know, like so. You know, there's like a caravan park there when communities. You know, it's like a little community. You know, like uh, people lived up there with their kids and all that kind of stuff. And you know, so they used to bring. Um, you know, crayfish pizzas around to the bloody uh, boys and, you know, dongers. And, uh, you know, there's always a barbecue or live music up there. Like it was, I remember when I first got up there, all the, there's not many boys dance, you know, blokes dance and all that kind of stuff. And I was always pretty out there. <laughs> not only out of dancing, I know, but, um, I remember all the Bernie girls and all their husbands, I reckon. I get out in the dance floor and shaking up a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, a real man, come here, you and mine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they were mad, eh? Well, lucky you didn't do it in North. Well, that's what you're doing in North Queensland, too. Yeah. Oh, no, not too much. But Gary, um, I'd head off to Gary Mays. He gave me my start. Um, I'm really I'm grateful for it. Like, his, And he was a hard, tough boss. You know, he didn't. The only time you spoke to him was if you're in your shit. You didn't really, you know, didn't really have to communicate with foremans and managers. You basically just went down, done your job, yeah. and uh, come up. And yeah, if you didn't hear from him, you were going all right. Yeah, yeah. And if you're talking to him, you're in the shit. Because he's down Tassie, eh? Or he's on the Tas to-do list i think ross graham said buddy try and track him down because he'd be another good one to i've got his number there mate i rang him actually only about uh three four weeks ago yeah after 10 or 12 years to see how he's going and uh yeah, he's going great he's looking after um a show i think i'm sure he said mount law um i don't know but i'll give you his number before we finish up yeah yeah a lot of great men and then uh from there uh from bellevue i went over to um stan gilman and um, what a you know what a gentleman Stan is they like uh, gave me a start. Um, him and his brothers Greg and Mark, fantastic men. Yeah, like really really uh, yeah, solid blokes. So that was Southern Cross, Southern Cross. Yeah, yeah. So was that was um, Golden Pig, was it? No, no, it was Transvaal. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't have the Golden Pig there. Golden Pig was still run by uh, whoever. I'm not sure who it was, but uh, Stan had Transvaal, and uh, yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of good blokes in there, mate. Eh? Like. Um, Oh, you know, Dean Fruin and Michael Briggs, um, you know, strong air leggers, Jeff Coops. They, yeah, <laughs> that's a funny story there. So, you ever met Justin Leader? He's a wow. wide foreman, fantastic jump operator, good air leg, mighty, basically just a great all rounder, anyway. Is that so that Jeff Coops you're talking to? Is that Jeffrey Cooper on the jet? He's still on the jumbo yeah, yeah, now? Yeah, 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 yeah. mate. So, he was cross shifting him. Yeah, he's yeah. still going. Yeah, great, great air legger, too, eh? Yeah. Solid, solid, strong air leg. Yeah, right. Great, better jump operator, tell me. Um, he's down at Nova, I think, last time I seen Jeff. But um, he's at yeah. um, that bloody garden well, that bloody, yeah, Rosemont. Yeah, he was at Nova with him. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, fair, good, great bloke. He actually lived next door to a good mate of mine, but that was not a sad story. But John, um, uh, Justin Leader, <laughs> so I was always a bit of a cheeky, you know, like, um, always been the same, always silly. Open my mouth before I think. Oh, wouldn't and, be, wouldn't uh, be you, Eric? <laughs> no. Anyway, Justin had an ass on him about the size. Oh, not quite size this table. Probably three quarters, but he was built all over. Just a big, big bloke. Eh? And yeah. Remember the debts we used to get with those big, thick, lackey bands on them? 
Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, right. yeah, so yeah, we used to yeah, have these big bloody, uh, you know, half inch bloody lackey bands on, yeah, mate. Yeah. Anyway, we used to flick them in the showers at each other. Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. Well, anyway, that's exactly what I've done, Matt. So, Justin's walked past with his big fat ass, and I'll just pull this lackey band back and give it to him. Fair square on the ass cheek, eh? <laughs> he just turned around, eh? Threw his towel over me, and whoa, whoa, they just. <laughs> Knock me out cold. I'm just like what in the shower. In the shower, it's the stark, mate. Yeah, like yeah. But it was um yeah, many a good story like that out of Southern Cross. Eh? It's like yeah, it's always trouble. End up in court a couple of times there for chatting to the bloody uh, chatting to the wrong man's bloody girlfriend or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Do tell. Yeah, no, I wasn't. There wasn't too much, and you sort of like like Shane because you know obviously you know Shane Little and um all those local boys and all that kind of stuff, they were all the footballers, you know, so, and of course they were all just learning mining farmers and all that kind of stuff and a bunch of us, you know, air leaguers come through and um, yeah, all of a sudden, well, we were enemies for a while until they started employing, you know, Frankie King and Shane Little and all those boys out, out of there, Wayne Benelli, all Benelli boys, they were all local mad, mad buggers too, you know. <laughs> Not as mad as the far north Queenslanders, but they all like to, party on too and didn't like us chatting to their girls so yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it was cra crazy time southern cross but i was actually glad i was really glad to get out of there because it started to get sad in the end because that's when a lot of drugs and all that kind of started coming into the industry and we had, had a couple of terrible incidents there with uh one of our good mates um there uh, had a handgun and um somehow the, his uh, partner got shot um don't know how when or wouldn't want to speculate on it and um, then one of the apprentices from work, he actually uh, murdered a young girl there, which was which is actually terrible. Could have been, you know, if you had, you know, like this day and age, how we have all our support and all that kind of stuff. Well, there wasn't too much of that there. And then, you know, the answer was, I'll take him behind the shed and flogging, you know, like someone had to take him by the hand maybe or showed him, you know, like, um, you know, where he's going wrong or, yeah. you know, it wouldn't have happened. Someone's life could have been saved or, yeah, a few. You went to underground, but not too many. It was, um, yeah, it was good. And it was great times, you know, like Stan. Um, Stan was a good boss. Yeah, hated departing money. I never paid as much. And being honest, I didn't earn much. I was never, I've never been the strongest miner. But I've always been neat and looked after myself and I haven't had too many accidents over in my career. So, um, but yeah, I probably got exactly what I earned because some of the boys earned good money, but uh, I was always that. It was funny coming through, you know, you, you get your 240 for you. What was the rates used to be about 180 a metre? So, you know, once you hit that 360 or whatever, you're going all right. And yeah. I don't think I've ever got as high as 420 or 450 working for Stan, eh? <laughs> I'd always damage something or break something. <laughs> <laughs> and come and go. They used to call me far lap there. I think I had about five or six starts with Stan yeah, over, yeah. over the years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, great days, eh? Good men. Yeah. 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 How long did you, you, you live at um, Southern Cross? Off and on, it would have been, I reckon, three years, so three years, but it was over a period of time. I left Southern Cross and went over to Far North Queensland, Ravenswood, yeah. and that was a great, great job, fantastic job. Um, that's where I bumped into Tony Mehal again, and the first time since I was a child, um, I knew Tony as a, funny enough, when we were living in Leonora as kids, they all used to work up on Insta on the shaft, and they used to call in yeah. and say good to him. We used to take his um, car, a uh, big red Jaguar to the um, drive-ins, the old Leonora drive-ins and all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. So I went over to Ravenswood, Queensland, and, um, you know, Shane Vincentoni, um, all those guys, um, Jerry Van Dyke, you know, good good, funny men, eh? Like, it was, it was, that was a crazy invention. I bumped into uh, Bobby Anderson over there again, and, um, yeah, great fun times. Ravenswood, not too much. 
Oh, actually, it was a couple of great stories in Ravenswood because we were, our weekends were spent in Townsville, you know, uh, yeah, surviving the AJs and the uh, local, if you weren't getting into scrap in town with the bloody local ringers, yeah. Uh, oh, Ravenswood didn't have too many, actually. There was probably more Charters Towers, but Ravenswood every weekend, um, Brett Law, all those boys, we all used to, Milton, Big Cal, they'd jump on their Harleys and uh, we'd all head into Townsville for the weekend and, uh, you know, the drags, you know, drags would be on. There was always something happening in Townsville, eh? Yep. Yeah, and then uh, you always had the army blokes in town and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you didn't have, didn't take too much to um, get into a bit of trouble with those blokes, eh? <laughs> I remember one night there, eh, I was like in this pub and I was with this young girl and um, one of them had... Um, Oh, grabbed her on the butt or something like that. So I just leaned over and cracked this guy. Hey, it's just like straight out. I was like, I'm not mucking around. There's six of them. I was just like straight into it, straight out. Boom, all these arms just coming at me. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm off, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, staying over near the town, uh, the casino, might have been staying at the casino for British Miners. We probably were. And um, on the way to the casino, there's this little bowls club on the left hand side anyway. So and these guys are half a block behind me. I've got a bit of a head start on them. <laughs> Jumped over the hedge and it's like they'd gone past anyway. So I thought I'm not sticking out because those guys are everywhere and yeah, they know the they know the local scene. So to snuck out a couple of louvers out of the bowls club and I jumped into the bowls club and just crashed for the night. You know, when I was climbing, <laughs> when I was climbing out in the morning, of course there was a copper in the car park and I explained my circumstance and turned this the I would hit him too. I'll give you a lift. Yeah, let me go. Yeah, rang up the boys. Yeah. No, great days. <laughs> You've had, have you have you had many? Uh, I think I remember a few stories you ripped out at the pub. You had a couple of sleepovers at the uh, police stations in your time, haven't you? Or not sleepovers, uh, yeah. or temporary? Yeah, yeah. temporary. Like, I mean, so yeah, it's back to Southern Cross. We um, oh, what's diamond drill? <laughs> it was always a bit of a running with diamond drills. I was doing something stupid in the pub. Like you don't get hit unless you deserve it most of the time. <laughs> so, and um, I was hanging off some rafters and might have kicked someone's beer over there. And uh, anyway, this diamond driller come up. Crack me, and we ended up in a, between the two rally seeker cars. And yeah, of course, coppers come in, drag us out, locked us up for the night. And, yeah, and uh, yeah, the only other time was um, we finished a job in Mount Isa with um, Chris Groves, who was an absolute fantastic bloke. Okay? And uh, someone had dropped a Mickey on me, and I sold a couple of coppers. And that was a bad night. Yeah, I thought I was going to jail for sure, but I was had no recollection of the events. It was like walked into a pub, had two beers. It was the night the World Cup Australia played. France, I think it was in the World Cup, year 2000, 2001, something like that. And, uh, yeah, fun of Hogs Best Cafe. And uh, funny enough, they had video footage of it, so I got away with it. Like I was- A lot of, of them dropping the mickey in your drink. No, 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 not that part. Um, so I was feeling like I had me two beers or something, I was feeling a bit dizzy, so I thought I'll go out and get some fresh air. And I sat down and I basically fell asleep on the, on the lawn in front of Hogs Best Cafe. And this cop had come along and he stood on me head to wake me up, you know, just shook me forward to wake me up and- I had like no and no recollection. So I elbowed him in the knee, and the female cop would grab me around the neck and elbowed her, and opened up a brow, and of course, yeah, like yeah, right. It was pretty severe. It was like the duty lawyer in the morning said that I'd be doing jail time for assaulting a public officer. It's like, oh, it is what it is. Told me, brother. Anyway, then we um, walk down the street, and funny enough, how things work out. Like I said, I'm blessed with good fortune sometimes. Because folks said, how would you get on? And I was like, oh, it looks like I'm, you know, in the shit, you know pay some big fines and might be doing some time and he goes oh bullshit mate he said that was assault in first degree and went back got the video footage wrote now out an affidavit this bloke had stood on my head you're asleep they'll keep an eye on us and um yeah basically you just had to pay the full stitches and a bit of a damaged knee i think it cost me three and a half four grand or something 
Jeez. Two years. Are you lucky? Yeah, suspended. I think I thought it was 12 months or two years suspended sentence. Yeah. That was the only two times. Other than being a kid, we lived across the road from the cop shop, so. <laughs> you got no hope. No hope, no. No, no good days. Righto, there you go. Part one done dusted. If you enjoyed that, which there is no reason you shouldn't have, head on to part two. It's right next to part one. I hope you didn't listen to part two first. Thanks again, everyone. And make sure you go to YouTube, check out the full video, hit subscribe, like all the videos you watch, help a brother out. Have a bloody good one. Hooroo.